This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And welcome, everybody, to Fanstream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X at P. Fedoff. This is episode 104 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. This will be the OSU recap, heartbreaking loss. As you can tell, my voice is kind of shot, so this may be a pretty quick uh, podcast. Plus, we got to get over this game and just move forward because as heartbreaking as it was, we can't dwell on this, even though it's so frustrating that this has been 30 years of not winning a big game. Uh, well, I shouldn't say we won some decent games, but to be considered among one of the elites in college football, no, we haven't won in 30 years. And it's frustrating and it's getting old. We think things are changing, but the more things change, they, the more they stay the same, unfortunately. And the biggest cure to that is winning. And we just can't find a way to close out these big games. But first things first, Head over to our website at fanstreamsports.com for all additional podcast information. If you have an Android device or an Apple device, please feel free to download the Fanstream Sports app and then go to our Facebook page. Additional content out there as well. Share that with your friends and family. So let's first get to the uh, statistics here. And it was pretty evenly matched game. Uh, Notre Dame had 22 first downs to Ohio State's 19. Third down efficiency, Ohio State was pretty good, 10 out of 17. They killed us with those uh, over-the-middle passes, uh, especially on some third downs. As I said, they're 10 of 17, and we could have closed the game out so many times, but right over the middle, they were burning us all the time. But our defense, I will say, uh, before I get – well, let's just keep going into the stats. I'll get to my analysis uh, before I get talking too much here. We were 5 of 10 for third down, so not too bad. Fourth downs, Ohio State was 1 of 3. But that one was a pretty big one for their game-winning drive. We were 0 for 2, unacceptable. Uh, Price should have had a touchdown that opening drive. And then a very questionable quarterback sneak uh, for their second fourth down attempt. Uh, Notre Dame missed chances galore. Total yards, 366 Ohio State, 351 Notre Dame. Passing, surprisingly, Ohio State led in passing uh, with Kyle McCord. That was the... Narrative uh, during this game that you know, inexperienced quarterback against a highly experienced six-year quarterback, but Kyle McCord passed for more yards with 240. Notre Dame or Notre Dame had 175, being Sam Hartman. Uh, let's see here, rushing. Ohio State had 126, but 61 of those yards were that touchdown run by Travion Henderson. The Notre Dame D did a pretty good job uh, for the run defense. I will say that they looked a hell of a lot better than what they did against Central Michigan, so great job there for the Notre Dame defense. Notre Dame started out slow running the ball, but they really came on at the end of the game. They should have done more of that. We'll get into that a little bit later, but they rushed for 176 yards, so pretty solid uh, game there. OSU had 4.7 yards per carry on average. We had 4.5. Penalties, Ohio State 5 for 35 and Notre Dame 4 for 50. Time of possession, you would have thought Notre Dame would have won. Uh, 25 minutes. For OSU, Notre Dame had the ball 35 minutes, and we're starting to wear down that D-line for Ohio State, but Notre Dame didn't capitalize on it. Let's just go to the individual statistics here. 
Uh, Kyle McCord, uh, he was he did what he had to do at the end of the game, even though he missed an opportunity for an interception, but can't dwell on that now. Uh, he was 21 to 37 for 240. Sam Hartman wasn't a great game for Sam, but it wasn't a bad game either. Kind of just a real weird game for him. Started out really fast with these dink and dunk passes. There's also a pass uh, to Chris Tyree for 25 yards to start the game. But after that, Chris Tyree was nowhere to be found. But I just thought he couldn't get anything downfield. And it looks like from what I was uh, listening to other podcasts, the OSU corners were just blanketing our receivers. And there's still that issue. Possibly there's a narrative out there where Notre Dame's receivers just can't get separation still. We don't have that elite receiver to take that next step. That We'll see how that unfolds throughout the season. But it just seems like he couldn't he was in a rhythm, but then out of a rhythm and just couldn't go downfield. But he didn't no more. He didn't have any interceptions. He was 17 to 25, 175 yards for one TT and zero interceptions. And he looks like he was going to have the game winning touchdown pass to Rico Flores, but it, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, rushing Travion Henderson, 14 for 104, but 61 of that was on one carry. Notre Dame rushing that five headed monster started out slow, but really came on. You had Aldrich Estime. 14 for 70 yards. Jeremiah Love was running really good, really hard at the end. Eight for 57. Jadarian Price, three for 22. Jabron Payne, six for 18. He had a really some key third and shorts that he converted, and he also had a touchdown. And then Devin Ford, two for nine. And Jaden Greathouse, one for three. Sam Hartman spreads it out, as usual, last night he did as well. But this was, I like getting the tight ends involved, but your tight end shouldn't be your leading receiver. Uh, we did that too much with Michael Mayer uh, back in the day. Mitchell Evans led for seven receptions, 75 yards. Jaden Greathouse, two for 40. Chris Tyree, one for 25. That was the opening drive, and then zero after that. Rico Flores, I told you before, the freshmen were really going to have to play well in this game, and they did. Rico Flores, Jeremiah Love Jr., and Jaden Greathouse were very, very good. That's one good sign, but it's kind of, who with next year with – we're not going to have Sam Hartman, and who knows who we have at quarterback. Having those great wide receivers may not matter as much uh, if you don't have the quarterback, but that's a discussion for a different day. Tobias Merriweather, just one catch, six yards. Jaden Thomas, just one catch, seven yards. So that was a little bit disappointing, except for the freshman in Greathouse and Flores for the receiving core, because Sam could just not go down the field. I think he only went down the field once to, uh, who was it? It was, I got my note, Jaden Thomas. And it was an incomplete pass. So kind of disappointing. Well, it was disappointing. Defense, J.D. Bird, still zero sacks. We put some pressure on Kyle McCord, but still couldn't get him rattled enough uh, to throw it. Well, we'll get into that later, but uh, still zero sacks. Uh, J.D. Bertrand did have a pretty solid game. He had eight tackles. Javante Jean-Paptiste, the transfer from Iowa State, he can – continues to impress me big time. I thought he would just be a rotational player this year, but he's a starter on the defensive line. Outstanding game again last night against his former team, eight tackles. And he really had some great uh, plays on that goal line stand, the first goal line stand that Notre Dame had in the uh, first half. Uh, Howard Cross had six, uh, Xavier Watts five. Here's the key here, and I looked at various, I looked at five different box scores this morning because I'm like, this has to be an error. Maris Leofau, who had that great game finally at NC State, struggled last week in Central Michigan. He had zero 
tackles last night. Your middle linebacker had zero tackles. I can't believe it. Uh, maybe we got to start getting those younger guys in there because he's just not getting the job done. Uh, let's see here. Kicking. I told you before, it's going to come down to bite us with the Spencer Schrader. I've heard great leg, great leg, great leg. But that's like a pitcher that can throw 103 miles an hour but can't hit the strike zone. He missed last night. Uh, they didn't even say how far it was from. I think it was like 47 yards. But unless uh, they're making uh, a comment about this on a podcast I watched last night, unless it's a 50 yards or greater field goal, have the other kicker kick. I don't even know, even know who the other kicker is, but if he has this, this great leg, but his accuracy, accuracy is so far off at times, just have him because he's hit a, a school record 54 yards. If it's greater than 50, bring him in. If not, bring the other guy in because he cannot hit these short, uh, to medium range field goals. And it's, it hurt us last night. That could have once Ohio state scored at the last moment uh, to make it. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't make, I didn't even say the final score. Ohio state wins 17 to 14 last night to go to four and zero. Notre Dame falls to four and one, but had they scored at the last minute last night, let's see the game's tied at 17 and we go into overtime with that missed field goal. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so there's the stats second. So let's just, uh, talk about, and also too, the tackling was a little bit poor to start the game, but after that it was pretty solid. I know Benjamin Morrison whiffed on a couple, uh, tackles, but he played really good against Marvin Harrison jr. Yeah, he, Marvin, let me get to that as I brush through the stats there. Cause I think, sorry, I didn't even, Let's see here. Yeah, Ohio State was led by Emeka Abuka. Great game, seven catches for 96 yards. Cade Stover, seven for 52. But Benjamin Morrison held Marvin Harrison Jr. to three receptions for 32 yards. He did have a pass interference call on him. But between him and Cam Hart, the, the, the corners were pretty good. The safeties with uh, DJ, DJ Brown and uh, Ramon Henderson – and who else? Xavier Watts. They were they were okay, but that's been our weakness part of the secondary this year is our safeties. But uh, the tackling was a little iffy to start, but pretty good uh, after that. Uh, just going over my general thought, we went over Maris Leaf out of the field goals. Uh, but this game was just, here's the second part of this discussion for my podcast today, is missed opportunities. Notre Dame probably had seven chances at the end of the game to win this game. First, we start out, we're moving the ball down the field. Sam Hartman, he's not making long throws down the field, but these intermediate throws. And then with the one with Chris Tyree, it was maybe like a six-yard catch, but then Chris turned it up for a 25-yard a gain. And we're moving the ball. It looks just methodical, like he's done all year long. We get into a fourth and one. And I know the running game wasn't hitting it pretty good at that point, but I would have just given the ball to Aldrich Estime. They do a fake. It's not open. Sam has to run. Initially, it's called a first down, but he doesn't reach the ball out there. So uh, a great methodical drive, zero points. Then we move the ball again the second time. Missed field goal. Constant missed opportunity. So at least right there, there's there's 10 points we miss. However, the defense uh, held their own pretty well, uh, even though they were giving up some of these third, like third and fives, third and sixes, where Ohio State was pretty successful in the middle of the field especially with uh, Emeka Buka, especially at the end. Uh, but missed opportunities. That's that's all I can say is uh, what else here. Uh, so let's – I'm trying to get it to where – okay. 
So here we go. Other missed opportunities. Let's just talk about the Notre Dame has another really wasn't a goal line stand. I think Ohio State was on their 10 or nine yard line. They go for fourth and one. They do a jet sweep. We stop it. And I do like the call because I think there's about four to five minutes left. So you're going to have to get two to three first downs, maybe just two. And you can't just at that point play not to lose and just run it three times. I did like the call where it was the first play was a pass to Rico Flores for 12 yards to get them out of uh, being backed up in the end zone area of their own territory. I like that just to give us some room to do that. And then the next play, Aldrich estimates either an 11 or 12 yard gain. And right now I'm thinking, and here's the thing to take a step back prior to that drive, when Notre Dame was down, we were down 10 to nothing. We end up uh, having two scoring drives in a row. And it's not really from Sam Hartman passing. It's from running the ball. That five-headed monster that we have, it was Jer- the freshman, Jeremiah Jer- Love Jr., Aldrich Estime, uh, Jadarian Price, Jabron Payne, even Devin Ford. Ohio State's D-line was getting tired from us just pounding and pounding on them all night. And I always think of the movie Rocky Three when uh, Rocky gets Clubber Lang tired in that third round. Yeah, he's pounding on him, pounding on him, but he can't keep up with him. And then eventually Rocky takes over and wins the fight. That's what I thought about this game. We're getting them tired. We're getting them tired. And they, we were kind of going up and down the field. It really wasn't too much with Sam Hartman, even though he had that great touchdown pass to uh, Rico Flores Jr. So now we're first and 10. We're probably on the 30-yard line. And I think it was a like run-pass option where uh, uh, Sam Hartman, instead of just giving the ball, I think it would have been the S. I don't know if it was Aldrich. I forget which running back it was. But instead of just uh, giving the ball – uh, to the running back to run. He pulled it to try to get a pass, and then he gets sacked for five yards pretty much. Should have just went with the run right there. But then offensive coordinator Jared Parker, who called a okay game, especially with the running plays at the end, he was finally getting some good plays. But this last drive was just a disaster. The next one, and Ohio State made a great play, don't get me wrong, but they set up a screen pass. And if Sam Hartman just puts a little bit more air over that, uh, I think it would have been Jadari and Price would have caught it. There was just blocker, a sea of blockers, and everybody said at the game, it's a touchdown. If if that if they complete that screen pass to Jadari and Price, it's 21 to 10 and this game's over. But that I think it's JT to him. They call him JT for OSU. He made a great play. He batted it down. But Sam Hartman, I mean, that's why he got him, but he didn't make the play at the end to seal the deal. But for me, I would even ran that play. Once Audric Estime got that first down, I think we're down to about two and a half minutes. And Ohio State only has two or one or two timeouts. Just I, I think we just keep running the ball there. The D-line's tired. Our backs are just overpowering uh, the Ohio State defense. And we win that game. I can't say enough. It wasn't just me talking that. Many podcasts, talking to friends as well. Once Audric Estime got that first down after that 12, it was a 11 or 12 yard gain. Just feed him the ball or one of the other running backs too. Ohio state could not stop the run for us uh, late into the fourth quarter. And if they kept running the ball that game, it, if anything, it makes Ohio state burn their timeouts. So instead of having a minute and a half to have that game winning drive, they maybe only have 30 seconds, but I truly believe if they would just kept running the ball, this game's over. We're having a totally different conversation. I don't care that my voice is hoarse uh, today. But we'd be in a much better mood uh, had we just kept doing that. But then the last drive, 
fourth and seven, Notre Dame has a chance to seal the deal. Their defense had played, except for that long run by Travion Henderson, you know, those third downs over the middle, but it's great. They got great receivers. You can't stop that every game. The defense to me played a, I don't want to say phenomenal game, but an excellent game uh, for the most part yesterday, except for that last drive, especially, but they had fourth and seven and Kyle McCord hits a Mecca Buka for a, uh, first down. I think it was either Buka or Fleming. And then it was kind of just some bad luck too. We get down there and Jordan Patello, he has him wrapped up, but it would have been a sack with 15 seconds left. And I think Ohio State may have had a chance to get one more playoff. They probably would have had to spike the ball to make it fourth down. But that was 15 seconds. Had Jordan Patello sacked uh, Kyle McCord, uh, you're probably down to maybe three seconds. And that was the intentional grounding. So it would have been that third and 19, which was third and 19 or third and 18, which Ohio State converted to get a first down at the one yard line. Unacceptable. Dumb call by Al Golden as the defensive coordinator. You only rushed three. I'd at least brought one other guy. You drop eight, too soft of a coverage, and uh, he hits a Mecca for the uh, first down. Notre Dame holds them. Or no, uh, incomplete pass the next play, I believe. And then they just do a what so eerily similar to the Reggie Bush, uh, the Bush push game in 2005, where they run it. You know, if we stop him, Ryan Day looks like an idiot, uh, but they, we can't. That's it's only a one-yard gain. It's a pretty simple run to make, and uh, we lose at the last minute. Uh, what else? But just so many missed opportunities. Fourth and seven, third and 19. Uh, yes, uh, Kyle McCord had the uh, intentional grounding, but if Jordan Patello makes that sack and doesn't let him slither away, uh, we got a. I don't think they make a touchdown with two seconds to go, but who knows? Everything was just every little thing that had to happen right for Ohio State. It did. And hats off to them. They made the plays. We didn't. That's been our story for 30 years. We get close, but we can't seal the deal. I mean, a lot of people were saying, well, this would have been a blowout with Brian Kelly, but it's still a loss. We, we still cannot win these big games. It's frustrating. Um, but now we got to, uh, we got to keep going, moving forward. Uh, real quick here, this could be another a talking point, but like Lou Holtz, I respect Coach Holtz. He was great, but as he gets older, kind of becoming a crazy old man at times, and I think he would have learned from this, uh, saying that Ryan Day's teams are soft. He said it on Friday on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. I I remember when he was a coach, he would always say how bad his team was, like when Notre Dame would play Navy to uh, – get them more focused and not uh, complacent against uh, lesser tier teams. He'd make his team feeling so bad about themselves. They would want to prove to him. Yeah, we're a better team than what we are. Why don't you do that? Coach Holtz, instead of firing up the other team for bulletin board material and Ryan, in, in all honesty, Ryan day really shouldn't care what an 86 year old former football coach thinks anyway. But I think that fired them up those, that first half where we couldn't run the ball that much. And, um, Bulletin board material, you never want to give that to an opposing team. And Ryan Day did act like a jackass afterwards. But at the same time, that may have been a little bit of a difference uh, early on in the game. But as the game wore on, though, yes, I think we were a more physical team, as Coach Holtz had said on Friday. But don't say that in the national media. If you want to say that to Notre Dame privately or if you're a coach, uh, if Marcus Freeman wants to say that privately to his team to say, Hey, this team's not as physical as us. We should dominate them. 
that's one thing. But to say it in the national media, to put it as bulletin board material, big mistake in my opinion. Um, and then for another point here, as I said too, missed opportunities. We had so many chances to win that. We should have won this game. We should have, we should have, we should have, but we didn't. But these two are a combination. This is what makes it hurt so bad. A combination of the 93 Boston College game when this 30 years of misery, I shouldn't say misery, but 30 years of losing the big game started when if we win that game, uh, we probably win the national title in 93. We had just beaten Florida State the week before. Uh, Boston College, we made a great comeback during the game. We're up by, uh, I think we're up by two. And we end up uh, kicking off to Boston College. And here's the thing. Oh, yeah, because this is leading up to what I just missed before as well. But Pete Bursich, former linebacker for Notre Dame, has a gift of an interception. I mean, just like this, like I'm showing you right now. And he drops the ball. If he makes that interception, we probably win the 1993 national title. He doesn't. Boston College goes down the field, kicks a game-winning field goal at the end. And that's when this started for 30 years of not winning the big game. Last, I forgot to mention, I said before, the fourth and seven, the third and 19. Before the third and 19, I know Kyle McCord, he, he played a gutsy game last night. Don't get me wrong for uh, the limited experience he has. But the way the media is making it out that he was just, you know, perfect that last. No, he wasn't in that last drive. He got a gift for one. And the thing is, we didn't make the play. So didn't make the play. Kyle McCord, the next play, does make the play. And that was the difference of the game. So give a credit to Kyle McCord there. But I think it was the play, a couple plays before the third and 19. And uh, DJ, was it? Uh, yeah, DJ Brown. I always keep thinking DK. No, DJ Brown safety has not as a perfect chance of an interception opportunity as Pete Bursich did in 93. But he just has to reach up just like this. He should have caught the ball. If he makes that interception, it's a different day this Sunday right now. I'm a little bit more cheerful. Uh, I'm saying, hey, it was a battle. We finally won that big game. But he dropped a game-winning interception. That would have just – we take a, a knee. Sam Hartman takes a knee. And we finally win that big game after 30 years. I can't say enough, though, just missed opportunities there. But that that was very similar to the 93 Boston College game. And then the Bush-Push game, and it was the same side as the Bush-Push and pretty much the same yardage as Bush-Push when he got in the end zone or no, when Matt Leinart got in the end zone from Reggie Bush pushing him, which was illegal at the time, but now it is legal. And I'm just like, oh, God, this it's the same side of the field. They're right at that end. And I kept thinking, I mean, does Ryan Day call a pass with three seconds left, or does he take a chance? And Because if we stop them, the game's over, because there's only, only three seconds left. But no, he runs it, and he gets a touchdown by that much. And here's the thing, too, I forgot to mention. I said I'm all, kind of all over the place today because I just, I'm like, screw it. I'm not going to have a, a list of things. Let's just talk uh, and then go on after this game because it's, it's just so frustrating. But before that play, actually, the last two plays, Notre Dame only had 10, 10 uh, players on the field. And they were light on numbers where they ran that last play for a touchdown. And Marcus Freeman said, yeah, we knew that. But if I if they ran someone in, it would have been an offsides penalty, I believe. And then they would have moved the ball up about six inches. And I know it's a game of inches, but I would have taken that chance. At least you could have got a better alignment, especially on that side where they did run the ball. But this is a game, like I said, I, I'm still 
have confidence in Coach Freeman, but Coach Freeman, Coach Golden, and Coach Parker, yeah, the players played the game, but I really think our coaches let the team down last night with the, the calls at the end. You know, when we're, we had the ball back where we can just run out the clock, Coach Parker should have ran the ball. After Aldrich Estime ran 12 yards for a first down, just keep running it down their throats. They're tired. It's like Rocky Three when he's going to beat Clubber Lang, getting them tired. Everything was set up perfectly. You had been very patient with the run, and that five-headed monster was finally uh, imposing their will on the, the defense of Ohio State, and you let a golden opportunity go away there. Al Golden, you get him in, you're playing aggressive to get him in third and sevens, fourth and tens, whatever, third and 19s, but then you get conservative and put your guys in bad spots and let Ohio State make a play. And then at the end for 10 guys, I mean, we're the laughing stock of the college football nation right now. And the only way to solve this is to win. That's the biggest thing. And I'll be a Notre Dame fan until the day I die. But this is just getting every time when you're thinking you're so close because I kept thinking too, once Aldrich made that first down, let's just shove it down their throats. We got this. We got this. But then once they started driving, converting that fourth and seven, then the third, I'm like, it's just setting up again for a major disappointment. But winning solves everything. And we have no chance now to really sulk about this. It'll It's going to be a, a tough task at hand, but we got to get ready for Duke uh, pretty quick. Take this day to, you know, sulk be miserable but come monday morning and i'm hoping coach freeman coach parker and coach golden do the same thing and say hey we let a golden one slip away you'll remember that the rest of your life you'll be bitter about it for the rest of your life but you guys got to go forward right now because you got duke game day is going to because you're going to be part of game day for two weeks in a row at duke duke's undefeated this year they're coached by our former defensive coordinator mike elko who was a great defensive coordinator for us in 2017 and he's really brought that program to some significance. We should win that game, but how's this game going to affect their psyche for that game? And then after that, we go at Louisville, and Louisville's probably going to be undefeated when we play them in two weeks. So we're going to have more. Don't even think about the playoffs right now. If we win out, I think we go to the playoffs, but their focus just should be Duke right now. As fans, just think about Duke right now. Get this out of your system with Ohio State. Yeah, you're the laughing stock today for not winning a big game, for having 10 guys on the field. Tons of missed opportunities last night. Uh, could have sealed that game probably five, six, if not more times. But come tomorrow morning, I, today, just get it out of your system. Be pissed. But get that pissed off aggression out on Duke this week with your practice preparation because I still think we can, I, I still think we can beat USC. Uh, Clemson, they'll be up for that game because they're out of the playoff picture now. They've lost their second game yesterday. But that'll be a tough game at Clemson. But if we play like what we did last night on both sides of the ball and instead of uh, missing out on those opportunities and finally uh, capitalize on opportunities, I think we went out. But that's wishful thinking right now. We shall see. But this team, I know a lot of people are, depressed right now think oh we suck what they except for those missed opportunities which were big don't get me wrong that's why i'm we're talking this way for 30 years in a row but take those aside we played a pretty damn good game last night but just didn't put it away that's the only thing we just didn't seal the deal 30 years 
haven't sealed the deal. Well, now you're going to hear about it until you start doing it. And the best way to shut people up is to win these games, win out. And let's see where we're at um, after Thanksgiving weekend. Or no, it would be the week after Thanksgiving when they, the college football playoffs come up. But don't even think about the playoffs. Or just take it one game at a time. And one game at a time. And finally just start capitalizing on these uh, opportunities and start winning the big games. And we'll see where, where we are um, at the end of the year after the Stanford game. So thank you so much for joining me for episode 104. And as always, go Irish. 